Restrictions may apply. Plans and costs for coverage may vary. Call Protect My Car for details. In these hard economic times, you've got to do whatever you can to save money. One of our biggest expenses can be our cars, especially when unexpected repair bills hit. Not anymore. If you do own a car, truck, or SUV made from $19.99 or higher, you could stop paying for car repairs. That's right. You might not have to pay a penny to have it repaired. Just dial star star 1149 on your mobile phone now to see if you qualify. You must have an automobile made from $19.99 or higher. And all repairs. Repairs for your engine, transmission, and much more can become a thing of the past. Dial star star 1149 on your mobile phone today and get your car protected before your next repair bill hits. That's right, total protection for your car and no more repair bills. Just dial star star 1149 on your mobile phone now to see if your car qualifies. That's star star 1149. Never pay for car repairs again. Just dial star star 1149 on your mobile phone now. Dial star star 1149. This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. You know the combination. You're listening to Music of the Mat on the Voices of Wrestling podcast network. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Music of the Mat, the podcast devoted exclusively to the music of professional wrestling. It's all part of the Voices of Wrestling podcast network. I'm the barbarian, Andrew Rich. Joining me, as always, on this muscular mystery tour is my good friend and partner, the Scorelord, Chris Maffei, and together we are your hosts, the Power Chords of Pain. Chris, it is Father's Day weekend. And what better way to celebrate than to look at the themes for four wonderful people that are known around the world as the New Japan Dads. I'm excited to talk about these guys. Are you, Chris? Oh, yes, very much. First of all, happy Father's Day to any and all fathers out there. Our wrestling fathers, when you think about it, really are these four men. Satoshi Kojima, Yuji Nagata, Hiroyoshi Tenzan, and Manabu Nakanishi. I mean, they're just, they come out. They're smiling, they're slapping hands, they're having a good time, they're just enjoying the back end of their careers, they have so much spirit, there's so much to love about them. The pro wrestling uncle is Junakiyama, I think everyone agrees on that, but in terms of fathers, I don't think you can get much more fatherly than these four right here, the third generation. The New Japan Dads is a term that was bestowed upon these guys uh, over the past couple of years. These guys, the third generation of New Japan wrestlers... As they get older, they taking a very much a fatherly role, taking a back seat as the younger generation comes up, guiding them, shaping them, getting in the ring with them, setting them straight a couple times if need be. Uh, obviously, last year with the whole Shibata incidents, would be a little disrespectful to the New Japan dads. Got to you know put them in line a little bit, but you know they saw through it. They respected them at the end. They bowed to each other. You know, fathers and sons coming together. It really was a beautiful time. The New Japan Dads, what we love so much about them, their personalities, obviously, is one thing. Kojima's got the bread club, and Nagata is hanging out with the Young Lions. Nakanishi's eating breakfast a lot. Tenzan, he's a, bit, he's a bit grumpier, but he's got that lovable center in him. But I think at the heart of it all, what we love about the New Japan Dads is, I think, their selflessness. In a business that's very much ego-driven and all about protecting your spots and those cruiserweights can cruiserweight, brother... 
I think the New Japan Dads are a breath of fresh air. They know what their position is. They know that they're they're getting up there. They know that their best days in the ring are behind them. But they're not going to, you know, be egomaniacs about it and hog the spotlight, hog the, the top of the card scene. They're more than willing to take a step back, let the new generation come in and take over. In life, you know, the father raises the son, the son grows older, the father takes a back seat, and the son grows up to become a father of his own, and the circle of life continues on from that. So I think the humbleness, the selflessness of the New Japan Dads is something that I think we should all appreciate and strive to be like when we're older. Absolutely. They're there to make sure that the present generation is finding its way and doing the best that they can. And they're also there to ensure that the future is bright and work with the young lions, you know? The new generation of New Japan young lions they benefit so much from learning from them. And with New Japan putting a lot more focus on the third generation last year, as you mentioned, it's so great that they finally acquired the rights to be able to use their themes on New Japan World Broadcast because, I mean, they just add so much to the experience of of watching their matches, especially big-time singles matches when they're in big-time singles spots. Like you mentioned, the feud with Shibata. And, you know, Tenzan's last G1 last year, Nagata's last G1 will be this year. So what better way to honor the New Japan dads than on this Father's Day, we get to talk about their themes. Definitely. We'll be looking at four themes, of course, the four themes of these guys. Something to a note here is that all four themes are done by four different composers, as opposed to nowadays where pretty much, you know, it's the same guy, you know, Kitamura does all the themes for the most part. Of course, third generation getting their themes much, much earlier in their careers. You've got a whole different class of composers. So it'll be cool to look at the way that they construct their themes as opposed to, you know, nowadays with Kitamura. We're going to go in alphabetical order by last name. So we're going to start off with the leader of the Bread Club, Satoshi Kojima, the strongest arm in the world. And uh, this theme is by Jun Abe. And uh, this is his theme, Rush. As we can see here, Chris, obviously a very heavy keyboard influence all over the song. Uh, It's got those keyboards all throughout. It's got the harpsichord, and it's very frantic, of course, very energetic, keeping up with the name Rush. Uh, Not a lot of guitarists in this one. There's a guitar solo towards the middle. But yeah, Junabe definitely focusing more on those aspects, less so on the hard-rocking guitars. You know, everyone loves Satoshi Kojima, and everyone loves this song. It is impossible to not love both. And this, you know, is a very cool combination of classic video game style synthesizers with a little bit more understated metal instrumentation. Now, you know, you mentioned not a whole lot of guitar going on, but, you know, 
rhythm guitars are there to support the keyboards and synthesizers. A lot of people would compare this to maybe like a Castlevania. Ah, yes. Something of that nature. I thought the same, yes. And it's that great, great main melody. And you can't imagine it on a guitar or on any other instrument. It just has that, it has that dramatic video game vibe to it. And the awesome little modulation, the little pitch wobble. It's so much fun. And you mentioned the awesome bass line. It's, it's buried in the mix there. You don't really notice unless you're paying attention to it. But it is funky as hell. There's actually a synth pitch bend that comes in a few times towards the end of the song. And it reminds me of a similar bend in Gonna Fly Now from Rocky. It's very, uh, as I said, energetic, very frantic, very jaunty. You can picture... Kojima, a guy very much still full of energy to this day, coming down to the ring with this, got a big smile on his face. A harpsichord, we got to mention this, a, a, an instrument you don't see often in wrestling themes nowadays. Pretty cool how Abe is able to put this in there. Oh, sure. I mean, on any vintage 80s synthesizer, it's going to instantly remind you of uh, like a video game final boss battle or, or something like that. It lends itself very well to how audio is processed in video games. So obviously this one sounds more clear and more of a studio quality. It's not bit crushed or downsampled like it would be in a vintage video game, you know, like an NES or Sega or something like that. It's that plus, you know, full kind of rock, hard rock instrumentation. And it's built around that. People love this song. You know, you see people online always talking about how this is one of the best theme songs in all of Japan. And it's great that now we get to hear it rather than the dubbed over themes, which we will talk about at length at some point in the future. Oh, definitely. I guess, you know, the popularity of the theme also speaks to the popularity of Satoshi Kojima. Recently, he's just skyrocketed in terms of popularity amongst the wrestling fans. Obviously, in part due to the fact that his Twitter, you know, he's talking about the Bread Club and his dog, who actually recently passed away, sadly, but Cookie, rest in peace. You know, talking about how David Finley steals his ice creams. <laughs> Just a lovely, lovely man. Always puts in the full effort. Uh, a selfless man, as we've said before, last year, giving Tenzan his spot in the G1 so he could have one last final run. Kojima, beloved by so many. And it's only right that his theme is also beloved by so many as well. When you see a Satoshi Kojima tweet, it probably makes your day a little bit better. He's just full to the brim with positivity, at least on Twitter. And you can imagine that he has to be such a, a just a great human being. Uh, you know, I, I envy David Finley for, for getting to spend so much time and to drive this man absolutely nuts. <laughs> it's it, mu it must be great. Love Satoshi Kojima. A hell of a wrestler, a hell of a theme song of the third generation I gotta say, Satoshi Kojima, my favorite. I have to echo your sentiments right there. Moving on now to our next New Japan Dad. This is Blue Justice, Yuji Nagata. This uh, theme is done by a composer named Ryo Nakazawa. And this is Mission Blow. <laughs> Obviously, as we can see here, stark contrast between this and Rush. Rush 
heavily keyboard influenced, heavily, you know, frantic and that kind of stuff in the keyboard sense. This one is just big, soaring guitars and fast-paced drumming up the wazoo. Very much a clear difference between Rush and this song, and a clear difference between, you know, Kojima and Nagata. This theme just fucking rips. This was one of the ones where the first time I heard it, I got so angry that we had to hear the dub theme for so long because, oh my God, this is so awesome. It is just intense power metal, insane lead guitar work, huge double bass drums, just a fucking great metal track. I'm gonna say this, not with a negative connotation, but it's dad metal. <laughs> it has a very classic metal sound. This would pump me up for any life event. You know, those harmony guitars in the chorus, it almost brings a tear to my eye. I love this theme so much. Any band that sounds even remotely like this is, is probably something that I'm very much into. You know, for Nagata, like I mentioned, it's dad metal, which very appropriate because Nagata-san, certainly a family man. I mean, we saw his wife and his adorable little son during that video package for his Intercontinental title match against Shinsuke Nakamura in 2015. And I will never forget that. One of the coolest video packages I can ever remember seeing because a lot of video packages tend to blend together. But this one was great. You had his wife, you had his son doing the Nagata pose, dressed up like Nagata. It was like a little mini Yuji Nagata. It was just... And by son, I'm not talking about Shinpei Nogami. No, not, no, to, no. not to be confused. <laughs> <laughs> because you better believe that he gets Yuji Nagata a gift for Father's Day. Because for all intents and purposes, that is his father. Uh, he's got to be at this point. The amount of, you know, vocal cords that have been shredded, you know, in Nogami's throat, uh, just screaming, Justice! Alone... It, it's worth, you know, a couple gifts or two exchanged between the two, of course. Birthdays, Father's Day, Christmas time. You know, they're practically family at this point. Oh, yes. And getting back to the theme, you can tell it's going to be a good time by the first those first opening notes. Those bum, 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 bum. Those guitars sort of kick in. The drum starts kicking as well. you got those little choir pieces coming in underneath those. That's uh, 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 sort of, they're there underneath the whole time, but you don't really hear them that often until you get to the bridge. And then sort of the guitars sort of quiet down a little bit. And you can hear the, the choir a little bit more. Yuji Nagata is a badass and... I find it very fitting that he comes out to just some... Just, this, this track just fucking rips! It's great! It, it changed my entire perception of Yuji Nagata. Because his dub theme, the melody of it was almost a little bit calming, I would say, and kind of soothing in a way. And you hear this. And this is just, you know that you're gonna get, you know, the Yuji Nagata armbar. You're gonna get a Nagata lock. Nagata lock two. Yeah, Nagata, Nagata lock, lock two. Three. Nagata lock, all the Nagata locks. Four, seven, ninety-four, yeah. And not only that, but the intro that he uses from Pirates of the Caribbean. What a fascinating and yet at the same time odd choice for an intro for Yuji Nagata. So, I mean, I get it at one point, blue justice, blue like the ocean, pirate Nagata. You know, you can just picture it in your mind, you know, Yuji Nagata sailing the seven seas with an eye patch, doing this salute as he, you know, comes into harbor. You know, Captain Yuji Nagata. You can picture it, but in this case... My goodness, what a tremendous opening for a theme music, because it's very epic. Oh yes, as all Hans Zimmer scores are, 
It is kind of fitting, though. It starts out with the Pirates of the Caribbean intro, and then it goes into power metal. Power metal, pirates, it all goes hand in hand. Oh, yes. And, and you know what? He is the one, he's the main one ensuring that the future of New Japan is bright because he works very, very closely with all the young lines and the trainees. And he's all over those Lionsgate shows. So Yuji Nagata, a father in every sense. Yeah, if you want to know why Kawato and Oka and Kitamura and the rest are being so popular nowadays and getting over with the crowd, I think a lot of that has to do with Nagata shaping them and gutting them like a father would. So good on you, Nagata, for guiding the future of New Japan and and setting it on the right course, as any good captain would. We'll move on now to our third New Japan dad, the largest and the oldest, I imagine, of the dads. This is Manabu Nakanishi, Monster Morning himself. This theme is done by a guy named Yukimasa Misutani, and uh, this theme is called Seize the Tactics. This is a very, very stark contrast between the other two. Uh, This one is a lot more sparse, we can put it that way. Uh, You've got less focus on guitar works, obviously, less focus on any funky rhythms. It's it's much more electronic in nature, much more Eastern European sensibilities, in my opinion. Very much focused on on a little bit of strings, a little bit of some bells at the beginning right got there. And then when it kicks in, you know, after it goes, seize the tactics. It becomes this very strange-sounding song with not a lot to it. What are your thoughts on this one, Chris? I would agree, but before I break down the song here, Manabu Nakanishi we know as a man who loves to eat. He loves food. Yes. He's Monster Morning. He's always posting pictures of his meals and everything like that. But what happens when... Maybe he eats something with maybe some garlic in it or something like that. Maybe I know he's the, he's the monster morning, but what what if what if he has some tuna for lunch? What you know? What if his his breath isn't smelling too good? You know what is what does he say then? Do you know what he says? This is usually my uh, shtick, but uh, what does he say, Chris? Seize the tic tacs. Oh, you got me, you <laughs> son of a bitch. As far as the song goes. The first eight bars of this are quite awesome. Oh, the intro. Yeah, definitely. Ever watch like an NFL game, like the NFL films type of score? Oh, sure, yeah. With the the, the strings and the bells, you know, kicking in. That's very, very cool like that, yeah. However, after that, I'm going to say that this doesn't quite reach the same epic heights of the other themes. It doesn't hit you with that emotion that just makes you go, oh, fuck yeah, this song, I love this. Yeah. You know, I'd even say that it's, it's fitting for Nakanishi in that way. Because I can't say outside of a few isolated incidents that Nakanishi has ever really inspired me the same way the other New Japan dads have. You know, maybe back in the day as Kurosawa. I mean, he he has had shining moments. And there are are some guys that he just has really good chemistry with, like Juice Robinson. And Mm. he's had isolated individual 
fun performances. I remember one time he just did this cross body off the top to the floor <laughs> that just my jaw hit the floor because the man honestly looks like he's ready to fall apart at a moment's notice. Mm. But he still gets in there. He's still doing it. Certainly not to the level of, of his contemporaries. And there's a reason why he was the only one of the third generation to not get a singles match with Shibata during that feud. And I kind of feel bad for him in that way. He knows his limitations. I think he's very self-aware. Like we said, Chris, self-awareness is a big part of the New Japan Dads. He knows what he's capable of. He's not going to go in there and then burn the house down you know, every single night with crossbody to the floor. And he knows how his bread is buttered, pardon the pun, <laughs> with food Nakanishi. He knows what he's capable of. Lariats, body slams, ho, you know, maybe a, you know, Argentine backbreaker, Hercules cutter. Every once in a while, obviously, like I said, with Juice Robinson or with, uh, he had that match with Nagata. Oh, that's right. A few months ago. That was, that was pretty damn cool. He knows what he's capable of. Put him in there in a multi-man, you know, do a few moves, make the crowd happy with the ho part. But like like you said with the, the theme, Chris, very uh, more muted. Mission Blow and Rush, they're more in your face, they're more energetic, they're more frantic in different you know musical genres, of course. But this one is, is there's not much to it. You know, I do feel that if they went in maybe a bit of a different direction with the rhythm section here, that this could be kind of almost in the same league as the other themes, you know, because it, it has a cool choir, it has some bells, some tubular bells and strings. If I feel that if the drums and bass just weren't so... It, you know, it sounds like the diegetic music that would be played in an action movie fight scene that takes place at a nightclub or a rave or something like that. Yeah. And then it would also be the DVD menu music for that movie. There's really nothing all that special about it. It also doesn't have a great melody. That's one thing that the other themes have, and we're going to talk about Tenzon's theme next. They all have great main melodies, and that's what hooks you, and that's what grabs you emotionally. And this just doesn't really have that. Yeah, it doesn't have that the percussion work as well. It's very limited. Sounds like something like slapping a shoe against a counter. That... It's it's not not up to snuff, I think, you know, compared to the other ones, but uh, Nakanishi, he is what he is. He's a dad at this point. You can appreciate him for what he is. Oh, absolutely. So we'll move on now to our final dad. This is Hiroshi Tenzan, the big buffalo warrior. This theme is by Goto Ichi. This is called Tenzan, parentheses, Jiku. back now to, in a similar sense, to Nagata's theme. This one, again, big soaring metal guitars, keyboards as well. It's very much like the classic old-school video game type of thing, like Kojima's as well. So you've got this cool little mix here of the hard rock metal side of Nagata's theme mixed in with the keyboard aspect of Rush and its you know video game aspect as well, and it combines into this nice little amalgamation of the two. Yeah, it definitely fits in with kind of the video game vibe of Kojima's theme, which works well because obviously they are tag team partners. Ten Koji. That intro 
My god, I love that intro. I could just listen to that intro just on loop. And it goes from dramatic and almost kind of mystical to bright and triumphant real quick. That main melody, that got stuck in my head for the entire duration of the G1 last year. And how could it not? And until you hear that, when you're, you know, when you hear Tenzon's dub theme, just it's a textbook example of how uninspiring that song was. And then they got the rights and then they started using this music. And then people got fired the fuck up for Tenzon's G1 run. Same stage in his career. It's not that he all of a sudden found the Fountain of Youth, but I do feel that the presentation of Tenzon in the G1 was so key in getting people invested in that one last run and getting them invested in, in those matches. And I was invested in those matches. And I know you were because you wrote about them in the 2016 Voice of Wrestling New Japan Year in Review ebook. That's right. Yeah, I wrote about them twice, actually. Once for the ebook after the G1, and once before, you know, before the G1, when the story came out that, you know, Kojima was in the G1, Tenzan wasn't. Tenzan was frustrated that, you know, he was being, you know, shut out in his opinion. Because he had been in, like, so many G1s at that point. I think he was the most G1 appearances of all time. Besides Chono, who was nicknamed like Mr. G1, he could be considered the other Mr. G1. So for him to get shut out of it was big disrespect in his mind. And he was, you know, very emphatic and very angry about it. He would do, like, moonsaults in six-man, like, random six-man tags. It's Tenzan doing moonsaults in six-man tags. You never see that. Because he was angry about being out of the G1. That was his time of the year. So, and, you know, Kojima, best friend that he is, best, you know, great dad that he is, great human being that he is, gives his spot up to Tenzan to get one last run in. You know, Tenzan says he'll fight for the both of them. You know, obviously, putting the, the Tenzan theme in there, combining that with the story of Tenzan, you can't help but get fired up for him. You know, like you said, that intro, din, 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 the, the keyboard sort of slowly adding up more and more and more, that the drums kick in, then it gets to the those guitar. I mean, come on, man. You, get, you can't help but root for the guy. Coming out with Kojima at his side, obviously didn't end up well for him. He only scored four points. Only won his first two matches, but it didn't really matter because this was Tenzan's last stand. Even if he lost all his matches, you can't help but root for the guy and be fired up for him when he came out with this music. It just has that classic sound. It has that vibe to it. It has that triumphant melody. It sounds grand. It sounds important. That's very important in the presentation of a guy like Tenzan, especially at this stage of his career. You know, those overdub themes, I mean, we'll do an episode dedicated to those just because they're so wacky and so fun most of the time, but they really don't do these guys justice. And I'm so glad that we now get to enjoy the full experience, especially in, in these big time matchups. And you bet that for Nagata's last G1 this year, every entrance is going to be special. And it's going to be special because he has Mission Blow and we can experience that fully and we don't have to deal with the overdub themes. We should mention that all of these themes are available on the uh, New Japan Greatest Music Volume 1 album. That is the album that all of these themes and many more. That is a three disc set. Many, many themes on that album, but they are all available on NJPW Greatest Music 1. You know, Chris, as we look at the New Japan Dads this Father's Day weekend, I think we should all agree that we should you know, cherish these guys because they're not going to be around forever. I know last year was Tenzan's last G1. That was his, his last big singles go. You know, this year is going to be Nagata's last thing. They're not retiring. Nakanishi's 50, and he's still around. Kojima, he's still got a couple of G1 years left in him, I think. They're not going to go away soon, but they won't be around forever. 
one of these days they're going to hang up the boots and it's going to be real sad and it's going to be a, a big, big moment when we don't have them around anymore. So cherish them, appreciate them, love them. They won't be here forever, but in a way, in our hearts, they'll be here forever. And every time we listen to these themes, we'll be able to remember all of the great matches and the great moments and just the full great careers that they've been able to have and the fact that they're still doing what they're doing to this point. It's incredible. And, you know, as we've seen with a guy like Katsuyori Shibata, a career very likely cut way too short. You know, you do need to take the time to appreciate performers as they're doing what they're doing in that moment and be present in those moments and really just enjoy it. Wrestling is fun. We should all get so much enjoyment from it every time we watch a show. Oftentimes we get so caught up in, in things that just don't matter and these silly arguments when really we, this is just such a great form of entertainment. These performers are, you know, they, they become very important to you. And these four are our wrestling dads. And, and we look to them that way, especially, you know, a guy like Kojima is so interactive on Twitter and they just feel very fatherly and, and you just feel so much love for them and so much appreciation. So a happy Father's Day to all of them and a happy Father's Day again to everyone out there. All fathers, all grandfathers have a great weekend. And if you're listening to this at some other time, then it's forget all about that. Forget, yeah. forget about the Father's Day. Well, that's going to do it for this episode of Music of the Mat. As always, thank you so much for listening. Check us out on VoicesOfWrestling.com for all our past episodes, other columns, other podcasts, articles, reviews, so much great stuff there. Twitter, follow us at MusicOfTheMat. That's at MusicOfTheMat. Check us out on the VoicesOfWrestling.com forums, VoicesOfWrestling.com slash forum. Give us a nice rating and review on iTunes, VoicesOfWrestling.com slash iTunes. Next time on Music of the Mat, we'll be doing an album review of a different type of dad. One that's a bit more orange, a bit more egomaniacal, and one that, let's face it, has lost a couple of points in the African American community. We'll be doing an album review of Hulk Rules by Hulk Hogan and the Wrestling Boot Band. Chris, are you still excited to talk about Hulk Rules? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, it'll be it'll be fun. Just, just for the for the comedy, and just you know, really, maybe get to the bottom of of Hulk Hogan and who he is through this album, through his lyrics. Really, really, kind of dissect the man and and figure out what happened, where things went so wrong. Maybe it all started with Hulk Rules by Hulk Hogan and the Wrestling Boot Band. I do want to make mention that I recently appeared on the Anything Goes podcast with my buddy Tim Rooney and Justin Cirillo. We did a few episodes. We did a, a tribute to the late Adam West. Rest in peace. And also, we will be reviewing the Dark Knight trilogy, starting with, obviously, Batman Begins, which should be released soon. So be sure to check that out, the Anything Goes podcast. And you can follow him on Twitter at Timothy Rooney 2 and search for the Anything Goes podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, or wherever you get your podcast from. So we'll see you next time here on Music of the Mat for Christmas Fay. I'm Andrew Rich saying Happy Father's Day. Long live the New Japan Dads. And for God's sake, people, go eat some bread. Music of the Mad is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. The songs used throughout this show are property of their respective copyright holders. Here it comes again, lunch. Will it be the same old, same old? Or are you ready to take a vacation from the ordinary with the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub at Firehouse Subs? Freshly sliced smoked turkey breast, craveably sweet mustard sauce, and a hint of Caribbean seasoning. Just $5.55 for a medium. 
Save time. Order the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub on the Firehouse Subs app. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Participating locations. Limited time only. Plus tax. Prices may vary for delivery.